Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by Tim McElrath. Tim, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right, thanks, Dave. Uh, pleasure to be here. I am a director of emerging technology for Discovery, and Discovery, of course, being an uh, uh, entertainment bl- uh, brand, Discovery Channel, uh, Food Network, HGTV, a ton of different uh, content channels across uh, TV and mobile. And um, I have been working with a team to build out voice and conversational uh, applications uh, for about four years now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and so, as he mentioned, um, you know, Discovery being the parent company of the Food Network, uh, for those of you who may have heard the uh, first two episodes that I did with Catherine Prescott, um, we actually talked a lot about this new service that's tied to um, the Echo line of devices, which is this Food Network kitchen. And so after that, um, I actually got in touch with Tim, whom, and Tim is part of the team that actually built this app. So it's a really cool model, and we're going to talk through it. But why don't we start, Tim, with giving us a, a little bit of a background on how the idea really came about for the Food Network kitchen. All right. So we've been we've been working in on different delivery channels for Food Network content for a long time. You know, we have a very successful had a very successful mobile app. Uh, of course, we're very successful on linear TV and on the web. Um, our our direct to consumer group um, recognized that you know we need to kind of change the way we deliver content based on the way that you know customers are really consuming content differently uh, these days. Uh, we do very successful in linear TV, but that's not really the future of what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really had to do sort of a deep rethink on what the Food Network brand means and what the value is we're trying to deliver to customers. Um, and you know, I, I, I was very happy that we decided to take you know re- kind of a really bold change to what we're doing. Um, we are now offering a subscription product. Um, Everything that was uh, free, all of our free content prior to this is still free. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're using the previous app or website, all of your stuff is still there. But we decided that in order to make the, the subscription valuable, we were going to um, start producing additional content. And instead of just being a lean back, watch TV experience, mm-hmm. we were going to become more interactive. So uh, as well as being an entertainment um, provider, we're also going to be an education provider. So mm-hmm. we are now going to be giving um, on-demand cooking classes mm-hmm. as well as live cooking classes and premium step-by-step recipes. So the idea is across all of our platforms, mobile, connected TV, and um, voice multimodal on Amazon Alexa, is that we are going to provide a consistent experience across all those platforms to allow um, allow our users to, to you know, be able to be inspired and select recipes, be able to do their shopping, and then also go over to their kitchen counter and be able to make them or learn how to make them and become more comfortable in the kitchen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, for me, like that was a total aha moment because you made a good point there with like going from the sit back experience where you're watching television and you're watching, you know, Bobby Flay show you how to cook something. And then now you're making it into this interactive model. And I think that's been something that's been touted for a while now is like this new interactivity that some of these new platforms are giving rise to. And I think that what your service does is it ultimately takes that sit back experience and it makes that really interactive, whether it be like you said, the on-demand cooking experience or these live cooking classes, you know, and this idea of it's almost like a Peloton type experience where you're in a classroom, if you will, you know, virtually because you're in your own kitchen. And I think that's just really interesting because again, it goes to this point of, you know, it speaks to, I would love to be a better cook, but I don't really know where to begin. And maybe just a traditional um, cookbook isn't really for me. But if I'm given the opportunity to actually sort of uh, in step go, you know, I got all my ingredients set aside, I got all my prep tools, and I'm watching Martha Stewart or whoever it would be, um, I'm following along in class with them. That is really, really compelling to me. And I, I can totally see how that is like an evolution of, of a lot of the stuff that you guys have already been doing, you know, traditionally. Right. And what we're really leaning in toward is the trust that our customers have in us, you know, be mm-hmm. there a marquee talent like a Giada or a Bobby Flay. Uh, but we also have, you know, a ton of culinary talent internally here at Food Network. You know, up, I'm, I'm sitting here at our offices in Chelsea Market and our studio is upstairs where the actual kitchens are. Um, and we have, you know, a ton of expert culinary and research talent mm-hmm. on, on, you know, specific, specific areas from grilling to baking to, you know, um, just about anything you'd want to do. So, you know, we provide, you know, trusted experience so that you know that when you're taking a class, or you're taking a recipe, it's been vetted. Um, and I, I think, you know, as you're saying, the, one of the uh, kind of exciting parts of what we're doing are these live classes. Um, so here we, we are doing some, anywhere between four to six live broadcasts a day uh, from our New York studios, our LA studios, and out in location. And besides the, the fact that they're live and they're kind of a, a different quality to a live broadcast than yeah. a show or an on-demand class, um, you know, I've actually enjoy them even more than I thought I was going to. Uh, <laughs> we have some people who are just great live. Yeah. Uh, I think specifically like a chef like Michael Simon, who's just an, an amazing raconteur and just incredibly entertaining just to listen to him talk while he's cooking. Yeah. And, and just to hear the stories and even see like little things that go wrong, make it a little bit more interesting, you know, mm-hmm. just the knowledge that somebody's cooking live in front of you. <laughs> You know, it's a little bit like watching NASCAR, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, and on top of that, there's, there's the interactive portion. So on, on our mobile and uh, connected TV uh, platforms, we have a Q&A function. So you can actually type in a question while the live class is going on, and a moderator will feed that to the, the talent who's giving the demonstration, and you could get an answer back. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get, you'll, you, if it's a specific question and uh, the, um, the talent doesn't have time to respond, uh, we'll have somebody in our culinary department actually respond to you. That's awesome. That's a really cool feature. Um, and this is something that I said is on, is on mobile and connected TV. We're working with Amazon to figure out how to bring that experience to, to Echo Show as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you can watch live classes um, on Echo Show right now. That, that feature is available. 
Um, the interactivity is something we're going to be working on as being kind of a marquee feature because you can imagine, you know, you, you're, you're taking a cooking class, you're, you're going along on your kitchen counter and you just using your voice can just ask a question and a minute or two later, you know, Giada answers your question live. Uh, <laughs> That's so cool. That would be, that would be a really cool feature. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, both both we at Food Network and Amazon recognize that that's going to be something that we really want to lean into next year. Um, and then there's also a lot of possibilities with social aspect. The fact that mm. we take Peloton as a model. Um, you know, the attractive thing about taking a Peloton class is not only the interaction with the teacher, but the fact that you re- that you really feel like you're you're with a group of people taking having this experience at the same time and how we can lean into that, that social aspect. So that if you and your friends wanna take a class at the same time, can we provide something that's more like a Twitch experience? So you can mm. have conversations between each other and with the, with the presenter at the same time. That's cool. so cool. My, my, my mind is going a million directions right now because it's, it's truly, it's like everything that we were just talking about with the interactivity aspect of this, you know, we're really starting to see it with something like this. And, you know, I'm going back just to my childhood where my older sister growing up was obsessed with the food network, like all the time. That's what she'd be watching on TV. And I think about, you know, like that next generation that, you know, they can be introduced to this in the same way that she was introduced through linear TV. But now it's just like you said, where it becomes a, whether it's a social thing where, um, you know, that next generation with their friends, they're cooking alongside each other, um, or they're, you know, they're all in the same class with uh, Giada that, you know, and they're cooking the same dish. It, it really opens up a really exciting new opportunity. And, you know, just given how centric food is to culture and, and um, how cool it would be if more people felt like they were empowered to cook a really good meal. Um, that's really exciting to me. Right. And, you know, you know, one of the nice things about food is that people tend to eat every day. <laughs> yep. It's great for habit forming, but it's also, I mean, more than just, you know, the habit of having to eat, you know, there's a lot that's tied into food in people's yeah. lives. Um, you know, it's, it, it feeds into their aspirations. It feeds into their anxieties. It, 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 it's, you know, it, you know, all of their special occasions, the way they, you know, take care of their families, the way they take care of their health, um, even the way they feel like an adult. Yeah, uh, you know there is, you know it, it, you know some people may be more passionate about cooking than others, but I think there's, you know, for most of us, you know, we want to be able to feel like we can go into a kitchen, and be able to know our way around and make the things that are that are at least the basic stuff that is important to us, and mm-hmm. then maybe learn a little bit more. Um, totally. You know, if you have special occasions coming up, if you, you know, if you, you know, if it's a Valentine's Day, if you're if you want to know about about grilling um and you can you can really feed into people's passions and also just make them feel less anxious about how they're you know doing something that they have to do every day yeah yeah and i think that uh you know this idea that you know you're gonna have these experiences and these ability to um you know be empowered to do that I, i just think it's really cool you know, especially as you're getting started out, it might be overwhelming and it might be intimidating that you're like, I'm a terrible cook. And so therefore I'm just going to rely on cooking the same 10 things that I've always known how to cook and microwave meals or whatever it might be. But, you know, one of the things with this, I think the other side of this that I think a lot about is just how much this represents the evolution of 
voice technology and, you know, adding in this like multimodal layer where you have the screen. Um, I think like it's, this really clicked for me in my mind where you take the smart speaker and I think initially it's like, it, it represents this thing that it can do, can do a number of things, but people sort of rely on it for like the same five things. But like over time you start to realize like, well, I guess I could do this with it and I could do that with it. But really to this point, it's performing the same type of tasks that I had traditionally been using other technology for, whether it be like checking the weather, checking the time or uh, asking a question, playing music. But what this does is it really does start to open into new use cases that we haven't really tapped into before, which is you have the screen, um, you have the live element of the Peloton type cooking experience, and then you have the voice commands. And I know before we started recording here, you may mention that like the ultimate goal here is to be able to cook a meal without even having to touch the screen. But I know that there's going to be some challenges with getting there. So can you speak to a little bit about like what, those challenges are and, and how you plan, you know, into 2020 and beyond of solving some of these things so that you could ultimately build an experience like this that you don't even need to ever really touch the device. Right. Well, we've been, we've been working on a food network on voice platforms for you know, uh, about four years now. We, okay. we started a year into after Alexa, Alexa was launched and you know, I think of those, uh, you know, the four years up until this application as being kind of year zero. Um, you know, we're, it was a lot of, you know, trying to figure out how the platforms worked, what their limitations were, and, you know, how people really wanted to use them. Because, you know, even Amazon and Google, you know, had, you know, were only taking a shot in the dark on how people were going to be using these voice and voice first uh, um, platforms. So we were trying, you know, we initially built out, you know, recipe search and, you know, being able to view or listen to recipe uh, ingredients and directions um, as part of a custom Alexa skill, which we, you know, we started bumping up against the limitations of what you could do in a skill, a, a third party developed skill. Um, you know, for example, you had, you had to be in a continuous back and forth with the skill, which is not really the way people cook. Um, you know, it's a, it's start and stop, you know, you have to get a piece of instruction. You have to wait five minutes while you're doing it or put something in the oven for 20 minutes. And that's really not the way skills are designed to work. Um, there also is the need to be able to go back to a piece of content, uh, immediately. You know, if something times out, you need to go right back to your recipe in a way that doesn't feel like there's any friction. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's also a, you know, trying to build out a language model to be able to do all of the the you know the searching by ingredients searching by talent name mm -hmm. if if you know any de uh, skill developers or voice developers out there can imagine that you know that is a bear of a language model to try to build <laughs> um and you know we had some success and i i think we we're getting pretty close and we we learned a lot um it, now where we are is you know really looking at what are what is people's expectation for an easy experience using a screen without their hands in order to get through a recipe in a way that feels more natural, more comfortable than uh, pulling out their phone. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I have one friend who puts their phone in a, in a Ziploc bag on their counter so it doesn't get uh, wrecked. Um, it get all messy. <laughs> um, or, you know, printing out a piece of paper. Um, mm. And, 
you know, we're, we're now, you know, partnering with Amazon, we're using their recipe cook along experience, which, which solves a lot of that problem of being able to uh, navigate, uh, navigate steps and being able to, um, you know, query ingredients and directions individually. Um, because when you're in the middle of the recipe, you may be on a step, but you may be, you know, stepped away from the device and you need to remember, you know, what temperature to preheat the oven or how many or how much of a certain ingredient. And we should, you know, be able to facilitate, you know, just asking for how many cloves of garlic or uh, how hot should the oven be or, you know, so on and so forth. Um, without having to go and scroll back through all the, all the ingredients and directions. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are. So our North star here really is like, can we put a person who's not non-technical in front of one of these devices, have them bring up a recipe and successfully complete it without having to frustrate them with the platform. Um, and and we're we're getting there. I, I can't say that we're uh, we're a hundred percent there yet, but I think that we're a lot closer now. And um, it's starting to feel like this is really going to be the right answer for a lot of people. Um, I think the other uh, the other part of this application that really excites me is the fact that you know, the 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 multimodal voice first screens are really part of a larger application infrastructure, so that. You know, people can decide where they're going to interact with us based on their situation. Like if you're out shopping, you can pull out your, your Food Network Kitchen app and you'll get that recipe and you'll be able to get the ingredients if you want to shop. And then save it, walk over to your kitchen counter where you get home, bring up your saves and, that's, and that recipe is there so you can use it hands-free to actually make it because that's, that's a situation where, you know, a smart screen really, um, really shines. Yeah. Or you can go over to your TV if you want the more lean back experience of watching, of watching a TV episode or just watching a cooking class rather than actually participating in it. No, I think it's so cool. I think you guys are totally on the forefront in terms of how you take your bread and butter, you know, what's worked and then taking it and, and trying to come up with what does that look like in the next five, 10 years. And I think you're well on your way of making something that is, really uh, a really exciting experience and i hope that you get there to the point to where you said that a non-technical person um, can walk up to this thing and say you know open uh, the food network kitchen and then boom you know they're they're searching through whoever they want to cook along with whether it be live or on demand um, that to me you know you give a couple good experiences like that to somebody and i think they realize that these type of multimodal voice first devices are really, they are in a class of their own. There's something different than what we've seen before. Right. And that's what it really, that's another thing that really excites me about this is, you know, if we can build, if we can make this experience um, good enough for people to want to use it on a regular basis and make daily habits out of, out of using it, mm -hmm. then they get more comfortable with using these, these voice and multimodal screens, you know, and then they, they end up on the kitchen counters or in their living rooms or in their bedrooms. And, and now you get, you, you have the habit of using them and now you're looking around to find out what else we can use them for. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of a rising tide lifts all boats, you know, if, <laughs> you, know, you know, it helps us out. If people get more comfortable using multimodal screens, it helps us out because they're more likely to, to use them for a recipe and food preparation. Uh, but if they use them for recipe and food preparation, now what other brands can, can start inserting yeah. themselves in there and um, using the same model. Um, the other, the other thing that I, I think is exciting about this is 
you know, we're, we're creating different types of first party experiences that I think will eventually become, be able to be leveraged by other brands and other developers. For example, the way we're doing live classes, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, building out the you know, custom landing pages with countdowns and, and metadata, you know, doing the live streaming with interaction. Totally. Um, you know, I could see that use case being used for, um, you know, we, you know, Discovery is the parent company of Eurosport. You know, I'd love to start HGTV. doing live TV, HGTV, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. But especially with, um, the, the on-demand classes I yeah. mean, an on-demand recipe or an on-demand recipe class could be transferred over to a, you know, a home how-to. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for myself personally. I would love that. <laughs> and, and not just within our own brands. Like if we can template out, uh, you know, a generic way of doing video step-by-step how-tos with instructions and equipment, mm-hmm. you know, that could be, that could be surface for other brands who are doing, you know, you know, anything from, you know, exercise training to, um, you know, uh, arts and crafts, things like that. So that, it becomes a the Alexa platform becomes a more robust how to totally platform. So yep. I'm I'm hoping that you know some of the work we're going to be doing over the next year really expands what developers across the board are going to be able to do on the Alexa platform. Tim, I could not agree more. This was awesome. I love it. I love everything that you guys are doing, and I'm completely in agreement with you. I think that you're paving the way for a lot of different ways in which people think about how these different uh, tools can be used. So thank you so much for joining me today, for coming on the show. Thank you for everybody who tuned in, and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.